You're listening to the Refuge Net Podcast. We exist to network leaders, empower churches, and transform communities. This is part two of our first ever episode of the Refuge Net Podcast, where Pastor David sits down with Pastors Matt Smith and Micah Cottrell to discuss the Refuge Net and its core values. Go back and listen to part one if you haven't already, and get ready for an impartation from God for your life. I'm really excited to talk to you guys about is, as we said in the intro, the three core values of the Refuge Net and its mission to the body of Christ is number one, networking with leaders, number two, empowering churches, and number three, transforming communities. So let's take a few minutes for each of those and talk about what that looks like both now and going forward. Pastor, let me start with you. How will the Refuge Net grow leaders and help them network together? Yeah, so we want to f- provide the interest infrastructure for a network. Now, your network's going to be b- bigger than just us, but um, but by providing a you know not a not a heavy but a uh, but a basic skeletal structure uh, for you know I'm I'm thinking back to our first Zoom call. Well, and even our second, where we had people that hadn't been on the first one, right. w- where people that would have no other way of knowing each other get to suddenly you're not only in the room you have a commonality you're part of this network you have a relationship to us and by knowing that we immediately know well there's certain values you have i don't even have to ask you i know that you do and then the conversation goes from there and so we've skipped three steps of relationship building to get to the place to where um, just because we've you know provided this little bit of skeleton of the network uh then uh, those that join end up on a fast track to deeper relationships with one another. Um, and so that, you know, that's one of the reasons that, that form it, because we can say all day long, well, you know, uh, you could make a resolution in 2024, well, I'm going to network more. And, and a lot of people in business and some in ministry will even do that. Well, you know, I'm going to network more. I'm going to network more. If you don't put any kind of skeleton and parameters on that, it will be an intention and the follow through will be lacking. Right. But when you, but if you say, hey, well, I'm part of this network, well, then you already by default are going to network more because these people exist in your life. Um, and so that that skeleton gives gives that opportunity for to leaders to network. And then because of being part of that uh, that group, how are we going to grow leaders? Well, uh, just by the natural formation that comes from iron sharpening iron, and the relational capacity of this kind of group, um, you know, the calls that we have, this podcast, just give us the great opportunity uh, for really all of us uh, to be sharpened uh, and to grow uh, in that way as we go forward. And 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 so and and hopefully, uh, what happens is the skeleton we formed, uh, you can build your own structure over that as far as like developing relationships from here further. This is a starting point. It's a jumping off point uh, to where other folks in the network you, you become closer to on your own, you know, on your right. own time kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to, uh, again, all of this needs to be organic. 
the formation of this has been organic. The growth that we experience together, because this is not Bible school, this is not a denomination, this is not your credentialing requirements, this is simply relational, and the beauty of it is facilitating the relationship that will cause me to grow, because I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing up against people who also have an anointing, who also have their own specific giftings, and that we're all hungry. And by being in the same room, uh, you know, all of us are bringing our own buffet, and everybody's eating from it uh, just as we converse and and uh, and 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 have our networking. Yeah, there's one thing we love in church: it's a good potluck. Everybody brings what they have, and we all get to enjoy it. Pastor Mike, I want you to add on to it. How how is the net we're gonna grow leaders up in their faith and grow leaders as leaders, but also network them together? Well, I think the 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 key point in this is recognizing that this is a two-way street for everybody on this on this call or on this podcast or whatever. That this is exactly what Pastor Matt said it was. It's relational, meaning that it cannot be one-sided. And I go back to a conversation that I had with my dad, who's a part of the network as well. As a 73-year-old pastor who's still just as vibrant as he possibly could be and as full of vision as he could be for his church in his current location, I remember having a conversation with him, and he said, well, I'm hoping that, that I'm able to receive something from this because he felt initially that there wasn't going to be a whole lot that he could add back. And I said, now listen, Dad, we didn't ask you to be a part of this just so that you can get good things. Like you have been pastoring a lot longer than most of us have been alive. And so there is, we want you to talk. Absolutely. And he said, well, okay, I guess I got a thing or two to say. And I said, yes, we want to hear that. You've got decades of experience (laughs) to say. (laughs) Yeah, of course you have a thing or two to say. So when he speaks up, everybody wants to listen. Why? Because he's the senior in the room. Right. And, and especially that matters to me as a young man a lot that um, somebody who's only been pastoring for five years, I need that kind of wisdom. Yeah. I need that kind of... And, and so the networking part of this is going to... Like Pastor said earlier, we're a little bit selfish in this because I very much expect to receive things every time I have conversations with people that are in our Absolutely. network. Absolutely. Absolutely. I go into every every Zoom call, even in even recording this podcast, I'm receiving. I mean, if if we if you don't have that constant sense of openness and expectancy, I mean it's like it's like when I when I talk to people about what prayer is and everybody's like, Would you teach me to pray? I said, Take out your cell phone. And they're like, Okay. So they always take it out and I go, That thing has reception in certain places and the same is true with God. You gotta stay in a place where you can always get a phone call. And you gotta stay in a place where anytime you can call him. And the great thing is God has perfect reception. We don't always mm-hmm. have it. Mm-hmm. And so in the same way is true, Pastor, let me come back to you on that. How do you cultivate a culture of, of reception? Because a lot of leaders go in, this is the way I was taught, this is what my mentor taught me, or this is where I, where I am, and hey, I know you're at this place in Virginia, but I'm down here in Mississippi. And how, how, will, how do you think the network is going to be key in helping pastors kind of take those things off and go, hey, wait a second, I can receive and I can be ministered to and I can be equipped with maybe something I didn't know going into this Zoom call or listening to this podcast or going to the the conferences we do or whatever. How can pastors create that culture within themselves of always being sponges for what God has for them? I think one of the things that uh, the network does that uh, enables that in us is when I get to know someone and their ministry a little bit better and I find out where God is using them strongly and I find out where they are highly anointed and, and, and where their gifts are and the, and the way that they're doing basically something I'm not doing, um, 
it, it, it kind of fuels my appetite to say, well, you know what? There's something to learn from that guy. And yeah. so, again, the relationships fuel that hunger because when you start finding out, uh, you know, that somebody has revelation about a certain passage of Scripture uh, and you say, well, well, tell me more about that one. <laughs> I got a couple of questions then. You know, I mean, the conversation creates the hunger yeah. uh, when you start finding out, uh, you know, that... Uh, you, you, okay, for instance, uh, that Pastor Justin uh, at Bahalia is, uh, you know, has grown a church by almost 100% new converts. And, uh, and if I'm over here and my gift is not evangelism, you know, and for me it's truly not, I'm, I'm in other areas, uh, then I'm going to say, man, learning that about you has made me want to ask you this question yes. about what God's doing in you. So, I, again, I think the key is these relationships and, and, and guys getting to know each other well enough to see where the strengths are makes you hungry to say, hey, you know what, talk to me about what uh, is happening with you. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I think that uh, – and I think the honor – that is received from that, yeah. uh, you know, to know that, hey, what you're doing is valuable and other people can see that, uh, you know, kind of makes you carry yourself a little differently and even value what God's doing in you in a, in a better way. I say, Micah, let me ask you this follow-up question before we move on to the next value, and that is, I don't know if you experienced this, but when I did, having the legacy that I come from, you have a, your father is very mm -hmm. similar to you the way my grandfather is to me. A lot of times when you come up in a legacy like that, you're expected to just have it at birth or expected yeah. to just get it off the start or, or you already know everything. But how, what, what's something, one of the ways I think network, the network like this is going to be helpful is it's going to help disarm leaders from that fear of I need to be all things to all people. I need to know everything. You, I can come into here literally with a clean mind and just take in all this stuff and then turn around and apply it to the setting and the place where God has me. So talk a little bit about that, how maybe people that have a very deep ministry background or maybe people that have none and they're intimidated. How do I even do this? How do I even get started with this? How this is going to help them grow? You know, I think it's just understanding that, it, it, well, it's first of all, having a, a group that will help people and will celebrate their progress, whatever that looks like. And um, not so, con and one of the beautiful things about what we have is, Many of the people don't know each other that are a part of this until the introduction is made. And um, so they don't have the privileged information of all of the background knowledge about some of these people. Right. In this, I know how I felt growing up and how I felt uh, getting started in the ministry and all of these things. You thought that you understood it all until you got to do it all. And then having that burden laid on your shoulders and learning how to carry that. I even had some of that conversation with some of our church people last night that learning this as you go has been a, a challenge and a blessing at the same time. But I think us creating the conversation and, and create, and, you know, creating the table for the conversation to exist, um, is going to be what helps a lot of these pastors uh, and, and because when they come to this, there's no judgment in this. Right. We're just here to help each other and learn and grow the kingdom. And so understanding that this is a back and forth kind of a thing and nobody has the, the monopoly on ministry right now. I mean, we're just, we're all kingdom people. I think that's um, another unique component of our, of this particular network is, is that um, we're not really, this thing is not being spearheaded by 
the mega church somewhere, the mega um, media personality of some famous pastor or whatever it may be, um, because we, we, we're really here as much to receive as anybody else is. So absolutely. Uh, so uh, you know, when, when you come into this room, um, in in every way, we really are all equals. Uh, we we've we've not achieved really you know anything other than trying to obey what the Lord has led us to do. But we're not at some uh, as far as those leading the thing. We're not somebody that is at some level that. Uh, people may be trying to connect and you just can't relate to it. That's one that talking about differences from other networks. I, you know, I, I appreciate everything that's written in leadership and, and, and things that are, uh, you know, you know, distance mentorship from somebody who's uh, got a great deal of experience uh, and is at some large ministry and they're way down the road and they're international and they're uh, well-known uh, they've got wisdom, they've got things to impart, and that's wonderful. But at the same time, there's always that level of when you're reading that leadership book and, you're, and you can't get out of your mind, yeah, but this guy pastors a megachurch. Absolutely. And I pastor 173 people. Mm-hmm. And as much as there's some principles I can take away, there's some of it I just cannot relate to. Yeah. And m- meanwhile, uh, you know, this particular network uh, being relational, the point of it is... Uh, that we are very much all on a extremely similar journey. Um, some of us have, you know, maybe a few years of experience down the road difference, and that's about all. Um, but it puts everybody on a level playing field and disarms uh, anybody from 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 feeling intimidated or, uh, you know, questions that are, you know shouldn't be asked or whatever uh, because we're really a, we're very much all on the exact same journey just a little bit different points on, on that journey yeah it's knights of the round table mentality for men to be men they must all be equal yeah so absolutely everybody comes to the same table together i yeah, love absolutely. it absolutely i love it next core value pastor now and going forward how will the refuge network to empower churches to both multiply inside their four walls but more importantly multiply outside their four well, the first thing that I can I can tell you is if this network works correctly, then any interaction you have with a network church, with a network uh, event like a, a call or a, a revival night or a conference would be that you are going to leave as the leader uh, excited and encouraged, like ready to go the next mile, ready to do the next thing, because you're probably already doing things that need to be done to plant seed, water, and harvest. Um, but if you connect to us, uh, then uh, hopefully one of the things you walk away with is I feel like doing it another day. Because mm-hmm. sometimes the biggest gift you can give a pastor is just an encouragement that makes him want to take the next step uh, and go on one more day. And so the, the, to continue on to fulfillment what you already are doing, but beyond that, then the resourcing that these relationships provide uh, to help us uh, to do the thing God's ca- already called us to do, but maybe do it more efficient and do it better because I'm now connected to somebody that's got a little more experience or they have a gift in that area or whatever. Um, and, and then that fleshes out in the ministries of our church being more fruitful. Um, 
and really uh, just gives uh, gives us the opportunity to 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 grow each other uh, through through these conversations and through these relationships. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and with those, uh, you know, every church becoming a little more fruitful. But, I, I, but again, I, I feel like just the, the gathering, whether it is around this podcast or on a Zoom call or at a conference, the gathering of like-minded people to say, hang in there one more day. Because when I see the faces on this, these Zoom calls we've had or the guys that have been in the room, just on the couple of calls we've done already, um, those are important because they look different to me than the faces of detractors. They look different than the faces of enemies. They look different than the faces of disgruntled church people because when I see in the rest of you guys, you guys having a day full of zeal or victory, if I'm not having one, me watching you have yours is helping me want to uh, not, not give up yet. Um, and I'm just going to tell you, you, we can't undervalue that right now in ministry. Micah? I'm just thinking about our our quarterly revival services in that um, what our revival nights have been already to not just us, but the ones that we've gone to as well, what that's meant for those places that we've gone to and the people who have connected to us. I'm believing that, yeah, we're going to help empower some leaders, but, man, I'm really believing that, that when entire houses come together, that churches are going to be um, really empowered to do the ministry that the Lord's leading them into. Um, I know that it's encouraging. I know how we feel when we have gone and been a part of other networks or conferences or whatever. I know how we feel having left that, and my goal is just to kind of recreate that for other people as well. Michael, let me stay with you for just a minute. Uh, At the time of this recording, we're coming off a really important service in our uh, church, which is Multiplication Sunday. Mm -hmm. And you said something that you've shared with us, you know, for several months now since staff retreat, which is from Genesis where, where, where God spoke to um, Adam and Eve and said, first of all, be fruitful, then multiply, then have dominion. Mm-hmm. And, and in that process of that order, talk to those that are listening right now, when it comes to empowering your church, knowing who you are, your identity, not only as a believer, but as a part of the local body, as a part of the large body of Christ, what it's like to have fruitful, then move into multiplication, then having dominion where God has you. I think fruitfulness is birthed out of health, right? So he created them male and female and created they, he, him, or whatever, you know, he, these two were created with the ability to multiply, but it was out of their fruitfulness that multiplication happened. And then multiplication is revealed, I believe, in the second generation of fruitfulness because the health of a plant or a tree or an organization produces fruit, right. but it's in that next generation of fruitfulness that you see the power of multiplication start taking effect. And then from there, as multiplication becomes cyclic in that it goes in cycles, then you start to see dominion. I think it was a progression for them. It was be fruitful. Right. Multiply and have dominion. Now, it wasn't something that they went and fought for. It was something that the Lord gave them. Right. And so I'm believing that out of the season and the journey of health that our church has been on for the last five to seven years, that we have gotten to the place now to where multiplication is becoming part of what we are. And I'm believing that in the second generation, which this is the second year for us in multiplication, um, at least the theme for our church, 
I'm believing that the power of that's going to be revealed, and then we're going to start to see dominion over the areas that that the Lord has placed us in. I think he's given us a, a, a place to be in for this time, and he's created people for such a time as this, and that if we're going to live here and operate in the kingdom, then we might as well rule and reign the way that he asked us to. Pastor, let me ask you a follow-up to that, which is what does it look like if you're a church, wherever wherever God has you, you're a local body, what does it look like when you realize who you are? One of the things that has comforted me that you've shared is nobody else could pastor this church but me because God created me for where I am right. in this church that he's placed me in. When these network pastors get a hold of that and they realize that their identity, who God made them to be, is for where God has them, therefore the body God's given to them and how they fit within their, their region, their state, their nation, the body of Christ at large— what does it look like for a network church to begin to understand how they can have dominion where they are? Well, I mean, you have to you have to have really gone through the process of distilling down your identity, and you have to be comfortable. And that's all you've all both of you have mentioned that, but that is a very meticulous process of letting the Lord, and it can take longer or shorter, but um, depending on your openness to the work of the Lord in your heart. But you're going to have to know exactly who you are as the leader, and then you're going to have to know who that ch- who your church has been uh, placed to be. And uh, and I'm going to tell you why that's hard. That's hard in 2023 because well, 2024, whenever this is this will be released in 24. But um, recording in 23, released in 24. Yeah. So, um, but the reason it's hard right now to distill. Your identity and your church, especially your church's identity, is because we have so many resources yes. telling us what this church's identity is, or that, mm. and, and the pastor that writes, the leader that writes, the um, the podcast that is recorded. It's it's always you you can't help it is it's out of your DNA, who you are called to be, your identity. And so everything we read is through someone else's identity. Right. And when we read it, most of us have enough either insecurity or unfamiliarity with our own identity that we will take on as what I'm reading is what should be. Mm. Instead of letting somebody inspire you to what could be for you, wow. you'll take it as a blueprint of what should be for you. And the reality is methodology resources, um, wisdom, practical applications, all of that is wonderful. Take all of that. But when, it, but we cannot adopt the identity of another house just because I read that book and there was a lot of things to glean from it. But how does what was done there apply to my house? Because I'm just going to tell you right now, Refuge, our identity is different. It's very different, and we've had to be okay with being different. We've had to be okay with, you know, we're not, I remember standing when we launched the movement on theme launch day, when I had to ask the congregation, how many are, and I didn't know, I suspected because we believed we were being led by the Lord, but I had to stand in front of the congregation and ask the question with them, not knowing the punchline, not knowing what the answers were going to be. I had to ask the question, how many of you in this room are excited about building a mega church right here at 1404 Stone Street. And I didn't know what they were going to do with that. There were crickets in the room. Mm. Then I followed that up and said, how many of you would be excited 
if we found places that need churches or need a healthy church to be re, or a, a church to be revitalized to be healthy and helping those places and and I described a little bit of even what we're doing now with the network and then that lit the room up absolutely because we but it's 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 unique and it's different but we had found and tapped into our identity of who we are and if you're the mega church down the street and you only have one campus and you're never going to have a network and you're never going to have multiple well god bless you if that's your identity praise god you know but what if your identity is that your church is less church ministry and more evangelistic outreach. Right. And you funnel somebody into, you know, pastoral care at a church. Well, praise God for that. But just know whatever your ministry is, you know, you're going to have to come to understand your identity. Mm. Um, and, and and like I said, in America right now, it's tough because every every guru is telling you what your church should look like, how it should run, how many it should grow by by December, and all of those things. And, you know, all of that is negating the unique, beautiful fingerprint that God has placed on you that you need to discover. Michael, you got anything to that before we move to the next thing? No, I'm good. All right. Well, then let's move to the next thing. Finally, the last core value. There has never been a more important time in our world to see communities and cultures experience a move of God and be genuinely transformed for his glory so, Michael, let me start with you this time. What role will the Refuge Net have in seeing this become a reality, that wherever the net is in place, transformation happens? I believe by equipping pastors with, one, needed resources through the needed relationships and connecting churches to the, I mean, the current move of God in the church today. Um, I think that the health of other pastors and other churches is going to have to become a priority. And I think the support of hand-in-hand working together is going to have to become the norm of what churches and communities yeah, absolutely. do. Absolutely. I think it's going to have to be, if, if we're going to see the network at all, it's going to have to be because we've decided to, you know, set aside differences and and link up with people that are kingdom-minded and godly and spirit-filled people. And I always go back to this one um, area of scripture that I would focus on, and it's as Jesus is teaching uh, the masses from standing in the boat in the shallow water. And he asked them to go deeper. And then as they went deeper, that was when he started teaching more intimately to the disciples. And that's wonderful to preach about that. But then as they get back out there, they've done all the work all night long and cleaned their nets, and he lets the net down, and then they they pull up so many fish. The thing that I focus in on in that is this. There were two boats, and Jesus only got in one. Right. And he goes back out there. Can you imagine for just a moment being the other people that had worked equally as hard as the other people in the other boat all night long. And then all of a sudden Jesus walks up, gets in their boat and then takes the other people out deeper and teaches with them. And then they throw their nets down and then they do all of this. And then their boat starts filling up to the point that it starts to sink. And you can easily be sitting on the bank and sitting there thinking, ah, why didn't he get in my boat? Wow. Why didn't he get in my boat? I worked hard too. Mm. I did all of those things too, but he got in their boat. 
And instead of sitting on the shore and being bitter, make sure that your net is clean. Why? Because the next thing that he did was he looked back to the shore and he said, call for the other boat and have them come out too. And so my role in this, as I watch the Lord fill up churches around us, is to not be bitter mm. in the fact that God is moving in different places. But right. my goal and role is to make sure that my net is clean and my boat is free wow. so that I can get out there too. And so in, in this, how is what, what role will refuge have in seeing that this becomes a reality wherever the net's in place is, making sure the net's clean and that my boat's ready to be filled. Because as it happens in one, it's going to start happening in the others. And so whenever I preach to our church, I look around in the city of Mark Tree. There's a lot of churches there. I don't get offended. I don't get anxious. I don't get in insecure when I drive through the city and I see church parking lots full of people. Why? Because if he's doing it next door, then mine must be next in line. Mm. Then it must be time for me to get ready for it to happen here too. So I'm just going to encourage every pastor that's listening to this, that if you're sitting around wondering why it hasn't happened at your church yet, just clean your net and get ready because the outpouring of God can come there just as quickly as it did to your neighbor. Let's say pastor, what he just said is is so prevalent in the church culture and that there's this invisible standard or measurement that people don't talk about, but it's almost like like you go on social media, you see a room filled with people that attended a meeting and what God did there, and immediately you feel intimidated. Then that, that must be what I need to be after, or that or the this church right. just broke ground and built this size of a building. Right. I guess that's the next phase for my ministry. But when you're in the net, having that security of God put me here and God therefore wants me to do what he wants me to do here where I'm at. So describe what that looks like for all the churches, pastors, but even just the believers, wherever they are, the workplaces they go into, the schools they go into, the college campuses they walk on every day, they are carrying potential transformation of the gospel wherever they go. So what does that look like within the network, but also just for everyday believers that they don't have to be intimidated or insecure. They can carry the true glory and the transformation of God wherever they are. Well, you have to understand that you do carry it. You have to be convinced of that. Uh, instead of looking at the social media post and the evidence from somebody else's life and ministry and say, man, obviously God's blessing them. Well, obviously God's blessing you. You know, if you know Jesus, and especially if you're full of the Holy Spirit, um, God is blessing you. Uh, you've been, the Bible says the word itself thoroughly furnishes us to all good works. Absolutely. If the more aware of the supply of God that you have in you, the more you'll use it and, and looking and, and say, uh, cause when you look at someone else, all you're doing is seeing their evidence. Right. But the problem is uh, you have the same supply they do. They've tapped into something and uh, maybe your prayer doesn't need to be make me like that. It needs to be make me like me. Make wow. me like the me you called me to be wow. and show me how to. Because I'm just going to tell you, the people that are having real whatever you want to call success in ministry, but I would say fruitfulness, the people that have done that have found out who they are. And once they got that alignment, it's like mm -hmm. the key turned in the door. And when you find who you are and you do who you are, who God called you to be, you'll find this quote-unquote success, fruitfulness uh, that that you've been called to have. But I, but uh, realizing you carry it and not just, I'm not a wannabe. That's what everybody feels like. I, I, of course it is. When you look at, you know, well, they had all this response. You know, it, it's, it's the... Uh, 
It's the square picture on Facebook that says they had 13 people saved today. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's been 13 weeks since I've had one saved. Mm. I mean, that's where the real, that's where we actually live. Okay. And, but you see that and it's, and it's so intimidating and your measurement is off because you're not even measuring what you're doing. You're measuring what they're doing. Right. And you don't know what their backstory is. And you don't know what it took to get those 13 people to the Lord. And you don't know how long it's been since they've had a move of God. And you mm-hmm. don't know what they had to pray and fast to do to get there. Meanwhile, you had 13 people at your church this week that overcame a sin that they've been running around the mountain being bound to, but you couldn't see it at the altar. So, uh, so you didn't take a picture of it. Wow. And uh, so our, you know, uh, our metrics have to be, uh, of evaluation have to be different. And one of them has to be, you recognize that you carry it. And then I just wanted to say about this, uh, and I know we need to move on and wrap, but, uh, uh, but as far as the importance of the move of God, uh, the, the real activity of the Holy Spirit that is supernatural in our lives and our churches, um, what important part can the net play in that? Contagion. Contagion, mm. the the move of God operating in the spirit, seeing the the things of God really manifested in the earth, that gets contagious. When you get around where it's happening, uh, it, it you know it becomes contagious. First of all, you get hungry for it if you're not seeing it, and then you start experiencing it. Right. So uh, so what is happening, and what a beauty of a network because it's not just one church. So the way God's moving at one place and another and another and another, I have access to, and uh, and so that's that contagious. I'm not just being you know infected from the move of God at one church but the way God's moving in several places because absolutely. I've connected to this particular group absolutely Mike I want to follow up one more question with you and then pastor if you want to add on to this one way that we have common ground here is Mike and I are both rabid Alabama Crimson Tide fans Roll Tide, Roll Tide. and Nick Saban greatest football coach of all time amen has a, has a motto he uses everywhere which is trust the process mm. and I think in transformation the mark of a good coach is looking at a player and seeing where do they need to be coached, where they need, where do they, where are their aptitudes at, where how can I put them in the best position to get the most out of them? And I think one of the things that I've really gleaned from you guys talking about the net is the net is ex- in existence to help pastors maybe discover aptitudes they didn't know they had, or or by listening to other people go, well, where they're at, God gave them this for that place, but God's given me this for yes. where I am, and and how and how I can utilize that. So, Micah, real quick, talk about how can the net, in a way, the coaching level of it, but also the the process of the network, how can it help church, uh, pastors, churches, believers in the local body, how can it help them get into the best position to be successful? I think it's this, in <clears throat> that it's it's realizing that what we're doing and how you serve God is not based on some kind of unwritten formula. Um, and and I, I want to use the word formula because of this, because I, I preached some of this the other day. And, and for those of you who don't know me, part of my background is in engineering. At least that's what my education is in. And so I spent a great deal of time studying physics and especially Newton. And if you do university physics and stuff like uh, Newton's second law. And what that is, is F equals MA force is equal to mass times acceleration. Notice I didn't say it's Newton's second formula. It's Newton's second law. That law can be manipulated into certain things and in different ways in order for it to accomplish what's needed to be done to solve the equation here. I think we need to understand that we're not governed by God's formulas. We're governed in his law and we're governed in his grace. And 
I think understanding that how we grow and the way that we're we're operating in the kingdom may look one way for somebody and very different for another, but I'm not comparing a formula. We're just working through something very different that can't really be quantified into one succinct little verse of something, you know, I can't put it in a mission statement and tack it on the wall somewhere. Right. Like it, it's it's got to be just a a flowing in the spirit of God, flowing in His in His grace and in His mercy. And so, I, I think you know the most important thing in this is understanding that I, I'm not searching for a formula to solve my problem. I'm just searching after the Lord. Mm-hmm. It really makes it easy if we have a formula, though. It, it does, but it the problem is, is it you know, doesn't exist. And that's why, yeah. And then I would why, bottle it, sell it, and be a billionaire. Right, and that's, <laughs> and that's why we go after that, exactly. and our minds go toward that, because if you take it out into the, into the obscure of like, if you take it into the ether of, okay, this is about following the direction of the Lord. This is about... Which is going to be unique and individual to me yes, and different from everybody else, yes. Because it doesn't look the same for me. And and our no. process, yes. even in how we have just conducted things in our church, the way we planted the church in Mark Tree has not been how we have treated the church revitalization in, in, in our West Campus. And every and campus after this will look completely it's, different. It's going, to be, it's going yes. to have its own niche and its own thing. And, and the way that the Central Campus is ran is different than the other three. Are, are we the same? Yes. Our DNA is all the same. But we have three different, very different outlooks on what's going to be accomplished in each one of those things. And Absolutely. taking on that identity there and trusting the process. Like what you were saying that, yes. that Coach Saban said was, trust the process. Okay, it looks a little different, but I'm trusting the process. And I would even go one step further and say, I'm not so much trusting the process as I'm just trusting the Lord yes. in that He is the one that's given me the process to work. So I'm not even putting all of my faith in the process. I'm just putting all of my faith in Him. Mm. And then at the end of the day, if it failed, it's not, it's not me. It's yeah. not the process. It's the Lord. And so... I think the the thing is, do we trust the Lord enough to allow him to be put on that spot because mm-hmm. he doesn't fail? I love that. All right, well, let's bring this first ever episode of the Refuge Net Podcast to a landing. Each of you take a few minutes and share your hearts, some things you're anticipating and expecting, and also please talk about the Multiply Conference coming in 2024 on February 28th through March the 1st. Pastor, let me start with you. Well, I'm extremely excited about the conference, and that's that's really what I want to mention most um, because I, I love the fact that everybody is going to get to meet each other yep. and uh, going to be in the same room. We're going to have face-to-face conversations and get to hug each other and get to really, really dig into uh, what the Lord has for us relationally because a lot of that is yet to be unlocked. You know, what 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 we're going to mean to each other and I, I just, to spend significant time with each other, I'm just excited about that. Um, and, and then, I mean, the other thing, there's so many things that we're preparing and so many reasons I am excited about this conference, but uh, but one of the m- massive uh, upsides of this thing for me is the diversity of our evening speakers and what that's going to bring to the table because we have, the Lord has enabled us. We wanted it to be this way and it has, it has come to be that the diversity of our evening speakers is going to cover 
such a, if you come to all three nights, you will feel like every part of you, every part of your ministry has had something added to it without a doubt. Because on, on Wednesday night, uh, Gary Brothers, who is the uh, senior pastor at uh, Discover Life Church in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, with several campuses, um, they've grown a mega church. Uh, in a small town, which was that was his goal uh, when he landed in Cape Girardeau. Uh, he said, I want to build a mega church in a small town. I want to prove that it can be done. So that was what the Lord placed in his heart. And now some almost 40 years later, that's exactly what's happened. And his understanding of the way that uh, church grows in a healthy way, the way to navigate change, the way to cultivate leaders and to lead leaders, um, and then to add campuses as far as like uh, the the practical understanding of just the way a church runs in a healthy way. Man, Pastor Gary is second to none. He is world-renowned. He is all over the world all the time teaching uh, these leadership principles to pastors everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for him to be here with us is going to be a tremendous gift. Um, and then on Thursday night with Pastor Craig DeVries, ooh, that's ooh. a that's a different world. That's then we shift a different direction uh, because in many ways for me, uh, Pastor Greg is probably as far as similar DNA to our house. Uh, and the way they plant churches and the way they think about it is probably most similar to us of anybody I've ever seen um, because they've got multiple campuses of the well in North Alabama. And and Pastor Greg loves pastors. Oh, my goodness, he loves pastors. Yes. And uh, and so he just he has that amazing heart, a teaching gift, and then amazing prophetic ministry where the Lord uses him to speak into uh, the Lord will speak into everybody in the room. I just no doubt, and 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 that'll be absolutely life altering. Uh, a lot of healings, a lot of miracles occur under his ministry, and so that's one uh, uh, just another dimension. And then on Friday night uh, to host. Aaron Crabb and just his just pure fire, just pure the preacher preacher. Uh, because the other two nights, there's going to be a lot of equipping. Uh, Pastor Greg is a great equip, equipper in the prophetic. We've had him here uh, just to do that at, at Refuge, and then uh, Pastor Gary, such an equipper of leaders. Uh, but man, on, then on Friday night to uh, put the put the icing on top of the whole cake with just a preacher preacher, just bringing the fire. And, uh, and and just letting God move, uh, we're just going to be well-rounded in that week. So I, I'm excited to see how God uses every one of those uh, particular evening services to uh, really just provide a well-rounded experience for all of us to take home. Pastor Micah, anything you want to add? I just I think that the evening speaker guide um, is a reflection of what we're trying to do here as well. All three of these guys, I don't know that these three speakers know each other. Well, okay, except for two of them. Two of them do know each other. But I don't know that many of them uh, have... They're so different from each other in that this is what we were hoping to create with the network, and I think that it's being reflected in the speakers that they can be different, different geographic locations, different types of or styles of ministry, Yet they're they're very similar, in I mean we would we would have not brought them if they didn't possess some of our DNA. They're all kingdom well. minded, so yeah. we're we've got all of that coming together. I'm 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 just very excited for all of it. 
Absolutely. And guys, as we bring this to a close, Pastor, I think I think it would be very appropriate to end the very first ever episode of the Refuge Net podcast with you closing us out in prayer and blessing all of our network podcast listeners and the and our pastors that are listening right now. I'd love to. Father, I thank you that you are intimately, intricately involved in the process that each person listening and their ministry is involved in right now. You are involved in it. And I thank you that you know the in intimate detail the challenges and the opportunities they're facing. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would cause that which has been spoken in this podcast that will be of value to be remembered. Holy Spirit, bring to our memory what has been said today that will equip us for, at a later moment. And Lord, I pray for the success and the prosperity of every ministry and every leader and every person that is listening, that their walk with you would get easier, their trajectory would go higher, that they would be uh, grow into their identity and discover it and then grow into it, Father, uh, and, 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 and that, they, that each one listening today would in their own life, in their own ministry, uh, come to a place where they are fruitful and they multiply and they take dominion over those areas that have been given them. I'm believing that's happening in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this episode from the Refuge Net Podcast. Be sure to look in the description for notes from today's episode and for more information about the Refuge Ministry Network. We appreciate you for listening and thank you to all of our network partners and to God be all the glory. Have a blessed day, be fruitful, and multiply. Multiply.